What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, your go-to source for all things movies. And I am your host, Movie Mike, and this is one of my favorite episodes to do every single year. My top 10 most anticipated movies of 2022 will break these down, give you all the release dates pending any further delays, which I'm not looking forward to, but we'll get into all that. I have a spoiler-free movie review for you, as always, and in the trailer park is a new disaster movie that I have some concerns about. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Shout out to the movie crew. If you're listening on a Monday, you already know what it is. Let's go. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I think 2022 is going to be a great year for movies, and I don't think we've had a great year for movies since 2019. 2020, of course, changed the world completely. And it turns out 2021 really wasn't the bounce back I was expecting. We really didn't get any big blockbusters until summer. But now 2021, I have some pretty big expectations. All these movies on this list, just by these top 10 alone, I think it's going to be a great year for movies. And I'm recording this the week of January 10th. So at the time, these are all current release dates. If you're listening later, maybe some of these have changed. Hopefully not. But let's get right into the list. At number 10, I am going with the new Jordan Peele movie called Nope, coming out on July 22nd, 2022. I'm a big fan of Jordan Peele's work. I think he really won me over with Get Out, which was a really great suspense horror movie that came out back in 2017. And since then, he's also given us Us that came out in 2019. And now 2022, he has his new third full feature. And there's really not a whole lot of details about this movie yet, aside from the poster. But given the great track record that he has with Get Out and Us, I just love the mind of Jordan Peele. I love the vision that he has in his movies. I love the one word titles. So I almost like when you don't know a whole lot of details about a movie, 
but going into it knowing that you love the director, knowing that you love their style, and I'm just a big fan of horror movies. I can't wait to see this movie and hear more about it. So at number 10, I'm going with Nope. At number nine is a movie that was supposed to come out on July 12th, 2019. It's been delayed so much. I think this was even on my list last year. But at number nine, I'm putting Top Gun 2 Maverick, which is coming out on May 27th, 2022. But like I said, it was supposed to come out on 2019. That got postponed to June 22nd, 2020, and then was supposed to come out in 2021 and is now hopefully coming out in 2022. And for me, I'm not even the biggest Top Gun fan. I would go as far to say as I'm really not a fan of any Tom Cruise movie, to be honest. But knowing how much he put into this movie to make it great and to make a sequel to a movie like Top Gun, that's why I'm interested in it. I'm curious to see how well this movie plays out. And I asked this question on Twitter and Facebook, and I feel like a lot of you agree with me. Is your wanting to see this movie. We've been waiting to see it for so long to the point to where I wondered if this movie even still existed. And just knowing the kind of person that Tom Cruise is when he's making a movie, he goes to extreme lengths, do his own stunts. He learned how to fly the planes in this movie to make it seem more realistic. And the training that the actors went through to make this movie as realistic as possible. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And from the trailers that I've seen, the cinematography looks pretty groundbreaking on this movie. It really looks like it's going to make you feel like you're in that setting there with the characters. So I also think that is why they have delayed this movie so much is because it does warrant the big screen. And also because of Tom Cruise's ego, he wants it to be a blockbuster success internationally. And he wants the most people to be able to see it and go to the movies. He is a big proponent of that. So it looks like he will end up getting his way on this release, again, that comes out on May 22nd, 2022. So that'll be a big summer release. And I'm putting that one at number nine. At number eight, I'm going with The Flash, which is coming out on November 4th, 2022. And if it wasn't for me watching the Snyder Cut of Justice League over the break, I probably wouldn't have put this on my list. But I finally had time to watch that movie. And I remember when I saw the Justice League in theaters when it first came out, the Flash was really the only new character that I was excited about. I was already into Wonder Woman because of her cameo in Batman vs. Superman, but he was the new character that came from Justice League that I was like, oh, that's actually like a fun character, has a cool superpower, a great portrayal of that. It's almost like DC Spider-Man in a way. And after watching the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which I was really kind of hesitant of watching, I put it off for a very long time because I didn't want to watch a four hour long movie, but it was able to flesh out the characters a lot more than I was expecting, The Flash included. So coming off of watching that and anticipating and seeing some things I'm seeing around this movie, like Michael Keaton cast as Bruce Wayne, I think this will be a very critical step for DC and their success kind of going into this year. And I think if they're able to make The Flash work and for audiences to like The Flash, that would be a pretty big win for them. So I'm curious to see how this one plays out. So at number eight, I'm going with The Flash. At number seven, I'm going with a very anticipated sequel for a lot of reasons. And it is Black Panther Wakanda Forever coming out on November 11th, 2022. And I think above everything, this movie is going to have a very big emotional connection with people because of the passing of Chadwick Boseman. And the decision to not recast anybody to play Black Panther. Instead, focusing on the character of his sister in the movie. So 
I really want to see how they address that in the movie, what villains they will bring into the movie, but above all to see if it kind of meets up to the standard that Black Panther created, the critical acclaim that it acquired after it came out, and now being kind of noted as one of Marvel's most respected franchises. I'm really hoping the movie does well. Can't wait to see this one. So I put it at number seven. At number six is maybe a movie you didn't think I would put on this list because I'm not really that big of a fan of it. I think the first one is actually one of the most overrated movies of all time. But at number six, I'm going with Avatar 2 from director James Cameron coming out on December 16th. And the reason I put that on my list is because I'm just curious to see how a sequel does that comes 13 years after of a movie that really changed the landscape of film back in 2009 when it came out because it did, you know, use some different technology. 3D really became a thing after Avatar. And above the story, above the characters, like that just all really meant nothing to me in that movie. It was the visual aspect of Avatar which made it so successful. Because I think here, 13 years after, it's not really a movie people want to go back and watch. I rarely hear anybody talking about, oh, I randomly put on Avatar the other day. That doesn't really happen. So that kind of came and went. 3D was a real trendy thing, a real kind of a fad of filmmaking for a while. But I haven't seen a 3D movie in a very long time. I never really got into it. So here in 2022... A movie that was so record-breaking because of the technology used. You come out with a sequel 13 years later, which is a weird time to come out with the sequel. You either have to have it, I feel like, a few years after or like way, way later, kind of like Top Gun to where people are like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. Um, I really want to see a sequel. Like This is kind of at a weird time to where it's not super recent, but it's also like not a nostalgia thing. So I'm just curious to see how Avatar 2 performs at the box office. That's why I'm anticipating this one. I just want to see if it even meets up to that first one, if people even care about this anymore. And I am kind of predicting that it's going to fail living up to that same hype. The only thing I feel like Avatar 2 has going for it is the release date coming out around the holidays. It's a big time where people are going to the movie theater. It's also a big time for Oscar-worthy movies. I think I'll have a little bit more of a gauge once the trailer for Avatar 2 comes out and seeing what it looks like. But at number six, one of my most anticipated movies of the year is Avatar 2. Getting into the top five now, I think the reason this one has made my top five is because it's coming off of Spider-Man No Way Home. And at number five is Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness coming out on May 6th, 2022, directed by Sam Raimi, who did the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. And before, whenever Marvel announced all its big movies coming out over the next few years, I remember seeing Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness and not being excited at all about this movie. I just haven't been the biggest fan of Doctor Strange. I thought him in the Avengers movies was all right. His solo film, nothing really to write home about. But seeing him in Spider-Man No Way Home and how he connects that story into this movie... I'm a lot more excited about this one. And this is the first movie I've seen that's taken not only from movies in the MCU, but also from the Disney Plus Marvel shows. And having Spider-Man No Way Home as a lead into this movie really kind of helps build the hype around it. It helps people who maybe haven't seen the original Doctor Strange, like me, aren't the biggest fan of his character, want to see this movie. So at number five, I'm going with Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. At number four... 
is a movie that I think will really play on my heartstrings, and I'll feel like a kid again watching this movie. And it is Lightyear, starring Chris Evans, coming out on June 17th, 2022. And there's a lot of reasons I'm excited about this movie. I think they are fully done making what we know as Toy Story movies. They should have ended it at Toy Story 3. It would have been perfect, but we got Toy Story 4, which is kind of just the epilogue of the entire franchise. But now we're seeing movies inside of the Toy Story universe, but completely their own stories. And that's what this one is about. You have Chris Evans voicing Buzz Lightyear, and it's not the toy. This is instead, they described it as, this is the movie that Andy from Toy Story watched that made him want to own a Buzz Lightyear toy. So it's based on Buzz Lightyear the person, not Buzz Lightyear the toy, which is why it's not voiced by Tim Allen. And this movie has been described as a love letter to sci-fi. It's said to pull a lot of inspiration from Star Wars. And if you take a character like Buzz Lightyear inside of this Toy Story world with Emperor Zerg and all these other cool sci-fi elements that have only been toys up to now, you get really the makings of a great animated sci-fi story. And I love that they have Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. I think he will bring a lot of life to the character. And if a Buzz Lightyear prequel proves to be successful, maybe we get a Woody prequel and who knows, other characters from Toy Story. But at number four, I'm going with Lightyear coming out on June 17th. All right, coming up next, I'll give you my top three most anticipated movies of 2022 and also a bunch of honorable mentions because there's really a lot of great movies coming out this year. We'll do that after this. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, back here with my top three most anticipated movies of 2022. And at number three is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Now, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was one of my favorite theater experiences in a very long time. Because if you know by listening to this podcast, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. And I felt like watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was like seeing my nerdiest, wildest dreams of Spider-Man as a kid and what a Spider-Man movie could be really come to life. And that movie really kind of changed what I come to expect from an animated movie, what I come to expect from any kind of superhero story, and really made me feel more connected to a Spider-Man origin story than I've really ever been. And it's why it's my favorite Spider-Man movie personally. So I'm really excited to see how they continue this story, how they choose to build out this entire world, because I almost feel like it's a really big playground where anything can happen. There are no rules of what characters you can incorporate, of what storyline you have to follow. There's no expectation set of what a Spider-Man movie should be. And I feel like this movie is really for the fans, like the hardcore fans of Spider-Man and the hardcore fans of animation. And at the core of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, it's just a really good movie that you can watch over and over again. So this one comes out on October 7th, and I hope it is everything we are wanting it to be. At number two is another movie that was supposed to come out last year. But as of now, I've been following on socials and all the news. It looks like it is all good to go for February 4th, and it is Jackass Forever. Now, Jackass premiered on MTV back in 2000, and I was nine years old, and it completely changed how I view comedy. And I was thinking about this, and I think Johnny Knoxville and the Jackass crew don't get enough credit for what they bring to comedy and how Jackass and the movie franchise really changed internet humor and really changed just what we find funny. Like, they are the OGs when it comes to pranks, when it comes to doing stupid things that harm yourself. But at the heart of Jackass, what I loved about them and their pranks and their takes on humor is it all was geared towards making fun of themselves to inflicting pain on themselves, sometimes just getting reactions out of people. It was never hurtful anyway, or like these dumb YouTube pranks where it's like, oh, I just punched you in the face, but it's a prank because I'm filming it for YouTube. Like, it's nothing like that. And what I loved when they switched from Jackass the TV show to Jackass the movies is they were able to do whatever they want, completely uncensored. But not only that, the Jackass movies really tear down any rules when it comes to filmmaking. It's straight up skit after skit after skit, and it's hilarious, but it doesn't have to follow a plot line. When you watch a Jackass movie, it's unlike watching anything else, and it's an experience in theaters where you're laughing with other people, where you're cringing with other people, and it just is a really fun time. And I know the stars of Jackass just kept getting asked over and over and over, will you make another movie? Will you make another movie now that you're older? And I love that they're going through with this, being in their 40s and their 50s. In a way, I feel like they kind of adapted to that. They also brought in some new cast members to be a part of it. 
and I was watching a trailer for it and seeing the new cast members. And it's so cool to see people like me who grew up watching them on MTV and watching the movies now being a part of it and hanging out with them and seeing these larger than life characters and doing dumb things with them while making a movie. I feel like that aspect to it is really going to kind of bring it full circle for me while watching this movie. So at number two, coming out next month on February 4th, I'm going with Jackass Forever. And at number one is a movie with every clip I see of it, everything I read about it, I get more and more excited about it. And it is The Batman coming out on March 4th. And this looks like a Batman movie, unlike one we've ever seen before. I know people would argue that it kind of looks like the Christopher Nolan, darker, grittier Batman but the vibe I get from watching the trailers to the Batman, not only does it have this darker, grittier tone, I feel like Batman, the character himself in this movie, played by Robert Pattinson, almost doesn't even have like a hero vibe. And that's what I'm hoping comes out of the Batman is it doesn't feel like a comic book movie, doesn't feel like a superhero movie. From what I've seen, it almost looks like Batman isn't as beloved in this story. It looks like the storyline focuses a little bit more on people questioning his status as a vigilante. And the villains in this movie don't feel as comic book to me. You know, I felt like Joker and Bane were a lot larger than life characters. But in this movie, the Penguin and the Riddler have almost more of a realistic feel to them. Like they're just crazy people that could be living in our world now. And I really like the style of how they look in this movie. And not only that, it looks a lot more violent. You didn't really get a whole lot of blood in the Dark Knight trilogy, but I'm kind of feeling that here. I'm feeling like we could see Batman actually take out some people. I know killing's not necessarily his thing, but I'm kind of getting this tormented vibe from the way Robert Pattinson looks in this. But once it gets the official rating, they're saying PG-13, but man, if this movie ends up being rated R, I could definitely see it going there. The movie I'm most anticipating this year is The Batman on March 4th. But there are really some other great movies coming out this year that I'll throw in my honorable mentions. Also from Marvel, you have Thor Love and Thunder coming out on July 8th. You have Jared Leto as Morbius, which was supposed to come out this month on the 28th, but has now been delayed until April 1st. I can't wait to see what universe that movie falls into. Another movie from DC with The Rock, Black Adam, comes out on July 29th. The Rock got super ripped up for that movie. If you follow him on Instagram, he went to very extreme lengths to look like a ripped up superhero. And that's saying a lot from somebody at the stature of The Rock already. But I think that one could be good. Martin Scorsese has a movie coming out this year. Hopefully, Killers of the Flower Moon with Leonardo DiCaprio. You have the new Scream movie coming out this Friday. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on April 8th. Jurassic World Dominion comes out on June 10th, which is always a fun summer franchise. You have the Elvis movie with Tom Hanks coming out on June 24th. Mission Impossible 7 coming out on September 30th. Could be a very big year for Tom Cruise if both of his movies come out on time. And then you also have Halloween Ends coming out on October 14th. I wasn't the biggest fan of Halloween Kills. And I feel like they probably made both of these movies at the exact same time. But hopefully Halloween Ends is the better half. I'm just such a big Michael Myers fan, such a big fan of the original Halloween that I have to see every Michael Myers movie. And above all, I'm just happy that we have a lot of new movies coming out in 2022. May everyone's box office numbers 
match the anticipation. If there's another movie you're excited to see this year, just send me a tweet at Mike Distro, comment on my Facebook page, or send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I want to get into a spoiler-free movie review now. Let's talk about Licorice Pizza, the new coming-of-age comedy drama starring Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman, who is actually the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I have a lot of opinions about this movie. I've never felt so conflicted while watching a movie. And before I get into my full review, here's just a little bit of the trailer. So how'd you become such a hotshot actor? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. You're not my director. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See tomorrow. So what this movie is about, Alana Haim's character, who if you're not familiar with her, she is a member of the rock band Haim. And here's a little bit of their song, Little of Your Love. She plays a 25-year-old woman who meets this 15-year-old kid played by Cooper Hoffman. And he is this up-and-coming actor. He's been in like this famous production of this TV show. 
and they meet at school. She is working for this company who does photographs and takes like yearbook photos for the school. And they develop this relationship where he likes her and she kind of plays into it. And it's that's why I felt so conflicted watching this movie because she states that she is at least 25 years old and she clearly knows that he is 15 years old. Now, the relationship in the movie is him trying to win her over, him trying to get Alana Himes' character to like him. And I just felt a little bit conflicted about the age gap because while the movie does a good job at portraying, you know, an otherwise taking out age out of it, it's a good love story. It's just weird to say it was hard for me to root for them because of that age gap. And I know it's said in the 70s. And I know as I watched the movie play out, it almost seems innocent enough, but it's still, that's what it is. It's a 10-year age gap between these two characters. So while I enjoy the comedic aspect of it, it was just hard for me to be fully invested in that part of the movie. What I did really enjoy about this movie was one, the aesthetic of it. I watched it in 35 millimeter, which if you're not familiar with film formats, it's basically what the vinyl experience is to music for movies. And this movie was originally shot in 35 millimeter, which has been around forever. It's basically like was the standard back in the day when you're shooting on film. And now it's kind of kind of like vinyl is like people who are really hardcore about making movies and sticking to that aesthetic. People like Quentin Tarantino or in this case, Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed Licorice Pizza it's really valuing how your movie is shot and also how it's shown. And what I kind of took away from watching this movie is like, I was just almost more interested in the aesthetic of this movie. And the reason I really wanted to go watch it was mainly because how it looked. And when you watch something in 35 millimeter, it feels very warm. You see the grain on the screen. You see the crackling. At one point I was looking for it and I noticed when they switch from one reel to the next because there's a little bit of like jitter on the screen. So the movie nerd in me and the film nerd in me really loves that aspect of it. Now, that's all due to Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed this. He's also actually directed a lot of music videos for Haim, which is a lot of reason of the casting of Alana Haim and also her sisters. The other members of Haim are also featured in this movie and their parents. The thing I didn't like about this movie, aside from the questionable relationship, was for such a indie feeling movie for such a, you know, kind of just a slice of life movie. It was pretty long at two hours and 13 minutes and it felt two hours and 13 minutes. I felt like in the last 20 minutes, I was like, okay, we can kind of wrap this thing up. It's just hard when a movie that kind of has such a slow pace as this movie does continues to go on and on and on. I feel this way when I watch Judd Apatow movies, it almost feels like a little self-serving to the director to keep you there that long. And I know it's kind of Paul Thomas Anderson's thing. He has made nine feature films and only two of those come in at under two hours. So for this one, if this movie would have been an hour 45, an hour 50 max, I probably would have liked it a lot more. But aside from that, it is a fun movie. I thought they captured the 70s in Los Angeles pretty well. It almost romanticized that period of time. And it really captured kind of the feeling of what it would be like living in Los Angeles in those times. It kind of reminded me also a little bit of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though that movie was set in 1969. I almost felt like I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood cross with Napoleon Dynamite. It just had that kind of feel to me. And then I really loved that a lot of actors in this were unknown actors 
For some of them, their very first time acting like the leads, Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman. But then it had like this splash of A-list actors with Bradley Cooper, whose character was pretty hilarious. His whole plot line in the movie was probably my favorite. And Sean Penn also had a pretty good part in the movie. So when it comes down to it, I did like this movie, but I don't think it's for everybody. And I know I'm in a very kind of indie Oscar season right now. So unless you're super into those kinds of movies, I don't think... This is the movie for you. And again, it was just so hard to be fully invested in this movie, given that age gap. It's just a weird feeling when you forget that and you're just taking it in for the movie that it is, the relationship they're portraying. You're like, oh, I hope this works out in the end. And you're like, wait a minute. No, that's illegal. So I probably would have rated this a little bit higher if they would have just given them normal ages in a normal relationship. But then you wouldn't have this movie. So what I would give Licorice Pizza is three out of five pinball machines. It's still in theaters now, but if you really wanted to see it, you could probably just wait till you can rent it or stream it online. So that's my review of the movie. And I do want to mention that I was recently rejected by Rotten Tomatoes again and appreciate everybody with the comments online. If you want to see my rejection email, I actually tweeted it out on my Twitter at Mike Distro just to show, you know, sometimes you got to share your, your fails and your losses in life. And this had been the second time I'd applied to Rotten Tomatoes. And the real reason they gave me is that I didn't have a big enough body of work. I haven't been doing something for what they describe as needing two years of reviewing experience. I've been doing this podcast now for over two years. I've also, on the Bobby Bone Show, been reviewing movies since I started in Nashville back in 2016. So I almost feel like they didn't look at my application. <laughs> and for me, it's not even the biggest goal of like wanting to be a Rotten Tomatoes critic. I mean, I have this podcast where I do my reviews and I share them with you. I have you guys here. So it's kind of just been that Rotten Tomatoes was like the first thing that really inspired me to review movies. It's the reason I started reviewing them on Snapchat and Instagram back in the day, which eventually evolved into me starting this podcast. And I think for me, I would just like to be able to contribute to that number for all the movies I watch. You know, that percentage score, which I know a lot of people who don't listen to this podcast or you want to see another movie that you're going to check out, like we go to Rotten Tomatoes sometimes. And I think it would just be cool to add that other level of having some credibility to this podcast to be unapproved Rotten Tomatoes critic. But I guess this year is in my year. They said I could submit again in September. So I will. Maybe after doing this podcast for almost three years, they'll accept me. But thanks, everybody, for the support on that. Thanks, everybody, for the comments and the tweets. I'm just here to say, don't give up on your dreams. If you don't get invited to the party, just throw your own party. All right, now it's time for the part of the podcast where I break down movie trailers of movies coming to you very soon in theaters and on streaming in a segment we call... It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. Now this episode has been very focused on new movies, so there's only one trailer I really want to share with you this week, and it's a movie called Moonfall, which is in the disaster film category, which I feel is a very underrated category and I'll get into that all here in a second, but here's just a little bit of Moonfall, which is a movie about an astronaut and a conspiracy theorist traveling into outer space to stop the moon from crashing into the Earth. Yes, that's what it's about. Here's a little bit of Moonfall. I need you to get me in touch with NASA immediately. Well, NASA and I aren't really on speaking terms these days. Well, that'll change. When you tell them that the moon is out of orbit. There's no need to panic. 
not crazy. Why are they lying about all this? It's too late to stop. So immediately after watching this trailer, I kind of thought it was a twin film of Don't Look Up, which a twin film is whenever Hollywood rushes to put out basically the exact same movie around the same time. We see this a lot. And they're competing to get, you know, the box office numbers, to get it out there first. So obviously in Don't Look Up, you have the comet coming towards Earth. And here it's kind of the same thing, but with the moon. The difference about this movie, I feel it leans a little bit away from like the satirical look and that kind of comedy to kind of more of the disaster film element with a little bit of comedy too. And the reason I feel disaster movies are underrated is because they're not really meant to be taken that seriously. They're almost like a guilty pleasure category for me. Movies I don't expect to go into watching the best thing I ever watched, but seeing something so ridiculous as a plot of people trying to stop the moon crashing into the earth and just seeing what that looks like visually, like it's almost like a dream you would have in seeing a movie made about that. And this one, I feel like it's a little bit self-aware and plays into that with the acting in it, the jokes they make, and I hope that it's not taking itself too seriously because it looks kind of dumb, to be honest. It looks almost so dumb, though, that I love it for that. It's a charming quality of the disaster film. And Moonfall comes out on February 4th, so we don't have a lot of time to wait to see this movie. Kind of a slow time for movie trailers right now, so that's all I wanted to share with you on this episode. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. So that will do it for this week's episode. But of course, every single week, I give a shout out to a listener who tweeted me, send me a DM, send me an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com. It's my shout out to the movie crew, which are the listeners of this podcast. And this week, I'm going over to Twitter. And this tweet is from at Adam Kramer 35, who tweeted me a picture of his car dashboard. And it said, listening to the podcast while waiting to get my oil changed. Adam, I see you checking out the top five interviews of 2021. Hopefully it was able to make the mind-numbing experience of waiting for your oil to get changed a little bit more bearable. So shout out to Adam. I encourage those pictures. Let me know how and why you're listening. I also had another tweet I wanted to share from Michelle Coleman, who tweeted me and said, listening to your podcast and need your advice. Started watching The Suicide Squad on the plane, 40 minutes in and loved it. Do I finish watching that one or go back and watch the original Suicide Squad first? And I said, well, if you were 40 minutes into The Suicide Squad, which is the James Gunn version that came out last year, you're gonna love the rest of that movie. That was one of my favorite movies last year. And honestly, it's a much better movie than the original Suicide Squad. And the thing about The Suicide Squad is you don't need to watch the original to get that one at all. I feel like it's pretty self-contained. Maybe you don't have as much backstory on some of the characters, but that entire movie lives in that world. Now, if you finish watching The Suicide Squad and just completely love the concept and want to see more about those characters, go back and watch the original one, which came out back in 2016, but be prepared that it's not up to that same quality. I don't think 2016 Suicide Squad deserved as much of the hate as it got. I think it's still a pretty fun movie, but it just didn't exactly capture what that movie could have been. So appreciate that question. If you have a movie question that you want me to answer, I'll do them here. Just tweet me or send me an email. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your week. 
Go out and watch good movies, and I'll talk to you next week. Later. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.